0: Learn more at marines.com. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It is this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. This week's guest, Mary Carrillo. She does not even require... In intro, You know Mary, you love Mary. She's fresh off the dog show, and now she's back in tennis. So we spend, wow, this is a long one, Jamie. We spend almost an hour talking tennis with uh, Mary Carrillo, a free-form discussion. Um, we hit on a number of topics, just some fun tennis talk with uh, one of the great treasures this this sport has to offer. So uh, here's an hour with Mary Carrillo. Let's get right to it. Why did Whiskey win Best in Show? <laughs>
1: you didn't like Whiskey the Whippet.
0: I loved Whiskey the Whippet.
1: Yeah, that was a fine dog. That's it was your a, winner. An upset though, I got to tell you, it was an upset.
0: C- compare that in tennis terms.
1: <laughs> That's well. Is that Ostapenko? Like, uh, yeah, uh, I mean Whiskey had won. Whiskey had been the finest Whippet in the land.
0: I'll say. But. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are you well? Do you want to do a podcast?
0: You ready for some shop talk?
1: I am indeed, but before we begin, may I pay you and Jimmy Arias a compliment?
0: Oh, last week's guest.
1: Yes, last week's guest. I thought it was terrific. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is part of the podcast or not, but yeah, I want to go not? on record. Huh? What's that?
0: You're on record. We're rolling now. Oh,
1: excellent. Say oh, hi to right. Jamie. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Jamie Lasante. Um, Jamie I don't know if you found Jimmy Arias to be as honest and candid and interesting as I did but I've always liked him so much and I thought it was very interesting that uh, he took real pleasure that his 10 year old charge had terrific footwork because when I graduated from high school I worked for the late Harry Hopman, terrific Davis Cup coach who started an academy uh, the summer I graduated and at that time 1975 all I had on my courts were a bunch of kids who wanted to play like Bjorn Borg. And so they almost every one of them had wide open forehand stances, western grips, and loopy backhands. And what I had to continue to impress upon them is that the reason Bjorn Borg was Bjorn Borg was because he moved so well. And he had remarkable footwork, and any great player is going to have great footwork. But that's not what they were copying. So I I was very impressed with Jimmy Arias uh, like that so much about about his kid at the IMG Academy.
0: You you caught that when uh, it's all about the feet. All oh, uh, about the
1: feet. Yeah. You know when I, I was with Billie Jean King the first time she laid eyes on Steffi Groff, who was only about thirteen at the time, and that's what Billie Jean went to. She said, "Oh boy, look at her. She's going to be great. Look at her feet." And and I, as we go on into two thousand nineteen and start making our predictions, I'm guessing. That the guys who the young guys who are playing so well now and are looking to win majors, they're big and strong. And my assumption is the the best mover among them will take the first major, because that's what that's what separates, I think, really really good
0: players from great players. That was a speaking of deft movement. That was a great transition. That was uh, that was some (laughs) fleet footwork uh, right there. You know, you know what? As, you long, as long as you brought that up, and as long as we're going there, um, I I'm not sure I see a great mover. And I mean, th- does anyone strike you for their movement
1: among the young guys? Yeah. I think, well, Dennis. I Dennis,
0: think, notwithstanding.
1: Yeah. Well, I. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think Borna George is a beautiful. I mean, obviously, there's an important difference between footwork and foot speed. Right. Um, a lot of them have foot speed and maybe not great footwork, but Ivan Lendl didn't have great footwork in the beginning of his career, but he got some great training and learned to move well. And he was a pretty big guy at the time. And I think that's what helped him so much that in in fitness, you know, got him to the very top. And I think, I think Ivan Lendl will teach Sasha Zverev how important that is. He's already such a powerful, rangy, ropey guy anyway, that I think I mean I, I you know how impressed I am with him. I think sometimes you've been put off by his arrogance. Is that true to say? Is that fair to no, say? No, I've, I've been
0: put off by his questionable results in best of five. No, I honestly okay. I don't mind the I don't mind the attitude. I'm just very skeptical that uh, it's best of three versus best of five is a big distinction. I'm not sure we always make uh, appropriately.
1: And and do you think that what holds what has held very back in best-of-five so far has been physical, mental, or emotional.
0: Because, uh, I mean,
1: he's, he's a young guy. He shouldn't get tired, right? I, Unless he's getting tired mentally or emotionally.
0: Don't you think uh, they, they all sort of play into each other? I, I think I think physical, and I think it's the kind of thing you, you overcome, and you learn how to pace yourself, and you learn when to press and when to hold back a little. But um, And that's
1: why I like that he's with Lendl, Jeff.
0: That's why I really like that he's with Lendl. I think um, I think he's probably you know if if you were going to pick a player to break through next year if if 2019 is going to end the monopoly of of Federer Djokovic yeah he's probably your first pick though isn't he
1: I yeah I I believe in him I, I believe in his I believe in his game his power his serve his backhand and his ambition I mean he was born to this you know what I mean he right. he grew up around it he grew up. Watching, I mean, he grew up basically on the ATP tour, watching his big brother train and compete and having both of his parents so knowledgeable. So, I, yeah, I, look, I, 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 I do believe that this is an important – 2019 is going to be fascinating. I, I do think it'll be harder and harder for Roger Federer to win a major again. And, and for that matter, uh, apart from Roland Garros, I think it'll be harder and harder for Nadal to go two weeks. I mean, these guys are getting older. Right. And, um, and there's no denying that. And, and that's okay by me. I, I'd love to see. Look, this year on the women's side, speaking of footwork, <laughs> three of the four uh, champions of, at majors were first-time champions. And, and when I talk footwork, right. you, don't have to, you don't have to be big and strong uh, to win the French Open. We saw the French Open winner this year uh, finally take her
0: first major so
1: yeah I think I think the men I think that's what we'll see in two thousand and nineteen on the men's side too someone breakthrough
0: I love that uh that the tennis gods give and they take away that um <laughs> the, the the players who don't necessarily have the most power tend to be the best movers and you know John isner serves very well he's probably not your first pick in your rotisserie uh sprinting <laughs> league but um, correct no, I I think it's this sports in a weird place though. Wouldn't you agree with that? In a, in a lot of ways, some of it on the court, some of it the the politics stuff that we probably dwell on too much. But uh, interesting year twenty nineteen, wouldn't you say?
1: I think it's going to be. Fun. I I genuinely look forward to it. I got to tell you the truth. After the U.S. Open every season, my my interest in the game wanes until the very end because I love Fed Cup and Davis Cup. Or at least I used to. I was going to say. I don't what, know how I feel about what do, it. <laughs> what is
0: this Davis Cup term you refer to?
1: Oh boy, I uh, yeah.
0: But it, it wanes why? Because because indoor is is different. Because yeah, the, I
1: just feel because I, I just feel like in in you know, Nadal tends not to play in the fall at that much. Uh, Serena doesn't play in the fall at all. Right. I mean, if, if fall makes I think players fall off in large measure, and but the people who are still trying to, you know, get into the you know the last eight at the WTA event and the ATP tour finals, they still compete and there's plenty of points to be. I got it. Can I I, I? I have to <laughs> dial back to uh, one of my favorite Jimmy Arias stories. He, when he was only 16 years old, this is when we knew that Nick Bollettieri was going to be an absolute font of wisdom and <laughs> unintentional hilarity. When you, Jimmy you, you got to do the
0: invitation if you're going to tell this story. <laughs>
1: Okay. When, when Jimmy was, I think he was 16 years old, he gets to the semis of Indianapolis, which was at the time was the U.S. Clay courts. That's a pretty big tournament. And that, this was back in the day when Nick wasn't wearing shirts, you know, in the stands and he was, you know, jumping up and down and, and going nuts. He explained why it was such a big occasion after Jimmy got off the court. He said, he explained to the, to the gathering press, it's not about the money. It's about the points because the points are worth a lot of money. And it was at that moment that we realized Nick was going to say some funny stuff. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. So in the fall, people who are still trying to get, who are still looking for points, like right. the money, uh, they're still going to compete in in large measure. And when and you know, for me, that I kind of I take a break a little bit in in terms of interest. Uh, I mean, I keep a sporting interest in it. And then I wait for the next season. And I'm very much looking forward to 2019.
0: I always find that the... the I mean, first of all, I have, I have a hard time with indoor tennis. It's just weird to have this whole... <laughs> first of all, it comes after the majors, and there's no major played on the surface, so it's a little bit of a sub-sport. But I, I also... I'd, I would love one of our uh, analytically, you know, analytically gifted friends could probably confirm or refute this. But I, I always feel like the fall has pretty minimal predictive value a lot of times players that have great falls don't necessarily carry it over so it's not as though right. you, you feel like you're watching the new the next big thing
1: I, I that's what i mean i i and and look i'm i'm all for the fall i mean I, it's my favorite time of the year to
0: dress for instance I was say, we love autumn <laughs> just not in tennis
1: we love scarves and sweaters and but, but yeah Orange, as brown. i say it's it's probably not terribly professional to me that I, my interest wanes and, and drops off like that. But I'm back now, my friends. I'm looking forward very much to what's going to happen in January.
0: I think we talked about this last year, too. I, I think there's a real virtue to having a high-stakes event come early in the season. I, I never minded that. And at some level, you get rewarded for how you spend this scant off season. But I, I got no problem with tennis starting a major 12 days into the season.
1: I I don't have a problem with it. And I understand why the Australian open wants so badly to maintain those dates, which could change when the ATP tour world cup thing happens uh, in 2020. Um, But it's, it's at the U S open, you know, it's the end of the the summer labor day weekend happens during the U S open. The same thing happens in Australia. It's the end of their summer. Uh, They've got Australia day, which is sort of like a fourth of July day. It's, if they have, for all the same reasons that New York wants the U.S. Open to keep their dates, the Australian Open wants to keep theirs, and and the build-up to the Australian Open, you know, they have their summer hardcore season just as the U.S.C.A. has theirs. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all. And and frankly, you and I both know John because we love the Australian Open. Um, the players are, they tend to be relaxed and fit and they're not aggravated to see us yet until <laughs> exactly. maybe the third round
0: <laughs> Plus, until, um, yeah exactly.
1: it's a it's a nice time to me and to me uh some of the best tennis of the year gets played at the Australian Open um, no, certainly it's... on the on the women's side this year that absolutely happens um you know we we it's just uh it's a I love the court speed they've made it faster it rewards daring it rewards you know, shot making it rewards aggression. Um, yeah, lots to like
0: about the Australian. And there's there's relative health. I always say the Australian, I don't know if you've ever, like, you go to spring training in baseball, and all these yeah. surly baseball players sort of feel fresh, and there's all this potential, and this, all the yeah. promise of a season. In tennis, you've got the spring training atmosphere with an event that actually means something, unlike spring training That's baseball right. games. That's um, all right, let's run through some topics. But then we we had a request to talk to Mary more. Pe- people want to turn this into career day. I think there's a lot of uh, curiosity <laughs> okay. about how you do your job, how you just did the dog show. Uh, but let's uh, do a little let's do a little tennis first. So I, I scribbled okay. things down, which I usually don't take the time okay. to prepare. But uh, you, you make me nervous. Um, all right, uh, <laughs> I <don't mean> to. <laughs> Let's do game show style. A- attack, defend, or modify the following assertions. Okay. The new Davis Cup is a win for tennis.
1: Uh, I, I sure as hell hope so. I I don't feel that way. I, I've been, as you know, I've been critical of the Davis right. Cup ever
0: since. You're attacking all these.
1: I'm attacking. Yeah. I mean, I, I and again, if you listen to uh, Yannick Noah's impassioned oh, speech man. when yeah, yeah. I mean that thing, and and Yannick can make it all sound. I'm <laughs> that guy. He has my number anyway. So I, <laughs> I say that you. right up front.
0: Please read <laughs> me your shopping list, and I will see. Yeah. Exactly. I'm with
1: you. Um. No, I you know I think there I, I think it's a, an absolutely terrible date November and I know Dave Haggerty would love to switch that around um, I think uh, you can't have that many team cups I think it's selfish and and self-defeating to just cram an already ridiculous calendar in with some other thing at the end of the year um, I'm absolutely I it, I hate the idea that Three billion dollars is being thrown around allegedly theoretically yeah. and not one dime of it has been earmarked for the women for the Fed Cup so no I've got a lot of issues with it and and if I get proven wrong I'll be the first one to admit I promise you I'll tell you but I, I right now I'm I, I miss I uh, I know it needed changing it needed adjusting but I think they really bent the needle uh, in such an aggressive way that there'll be problems was, and if was people like Sasha Zverev and the French guys say that they're not even going, they're they're not playing it, and they're guessing that a lot of the other guys aren't playing it, and it seems that the top guys like Federer aren't committing to it, I, uh, you know, yeah. that's
0: it, if you it, want a big uh, event,
1: you got to have big guys there.
0: No, it, it it reminds me a bit about Brexit, and <laughs> it's it's very easy to it's very easy to cast a vote. I mean, I I think something did need to change and change fairly radically, but it's very easy to cast a vote and very easy to. Right. Mention a dollar figure, and then right. when the rubber meets the road, and you've actually got to exit the European Union, and you're realizing that the economic okay. model you voted on might not be the one that's going to be existing right. in reality. It's a little different. Um,
1: I, I also didn't like that there was a lack of transparency through, throughout the voting. and that really bothered me. The fact that a lot of money got thrown at a lot of different countries so that they'd get said so they'd come to yes that bothered me. I look as I said I. If it works well, I'll be the first to say I'm. I was wrong. Um, I hope it works well. I,
0: I do think, and Dave Dave Haggerty is. You you spoke to him at I length. Did, I remember during Open. during the U.S. Open, right?
1: I did, and um, you know he. <laughs> you've spoken with him as well. The guy is very optimistic, much more optimistic than I am. That's one adjective. That thing is. <laughs> but I will say on,
0: on the on the on the gender point, he is. Um, he he does speak fairly transparently about how he does hope that this carries over to a women's model too.
1: Yeah. But I don't think that this model is good for the men or the women. So, uh, you know, again, you're going to get a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, what, 18 nations. I hate the wild card thing, by the way. That's that's gross. It's gross. And, uh, you know, I. and by the way, I'm not saying that you need huge names to make Davis Cup or Fed Cup uh, a great event. I mean, my favorite— my favorite matches in Davis Cup uh, so often come in the doubles, guys that, you know, you know, might not really know that well. Or, or when David Ferrer comes up with a huge win against Kohlschreiber in the Spain against Germany match, and Rafa Nadal is going absolutely nuts, along with the rest of his team cheering on the veterans. So many of the most uh, amazing, you know, exhilarating matches that come in Fed Cup and Davis Cup come because somebody, not the star, steps up.
0: Right. Right? No, I mean, of, right. I mean, that's right. I mean, I do think it's it's hard because we're seeing the flaws of both. When we when we go back and we think about four weeks erratically spaced, you don't know who's home. You don't know who's road. The players right. are. I mean, it. this was I, flawed either I way. Honestly, we'll see.
1: It, look, if if I had a vote and I didn't, of course, um, but if I could have shouted from the back of the room about what I thought might have made made Davis Cup and Fed Cup. Uh, more agreeable uh to players I would have said make it more rare you know every don't make year. it every, yeah. don't make it every year and don't make the the winners play their first round to defend their title 7 weeks later right right I would have, I would have done that um as I said I got no juice I got nothing
0: Oh, you know, you know who has juice is the, the Panamanian Federation who uh got <laughs> flown first class to vote um all right so here's uh and here's another one Right now, okay. uh right now women's tennis is where the action is. Attack, defend, modify.
1: and I, I would I I'd modify but I'm every bit as interested in the on the men's side than the women's. Uh so I love where women's I think women's tennis is in a in a in a most intriguing state. Uh but I I feel the same way about the guys. So Really? I guess I would yeah, I really I really feel that way. Again, I don't know. What, you know, the I, I think Novak Djokovic is going to keep winning majors. Right. right. I, I quote Andre Agassi from earlier this year when he said that if Novak were to get himself healthy again, he's 31 going on 25. I mean, the fact that Novak could get to 20 majors is not out of the question in my mind at all. So that is fascinating to me. Again, what Roger and Rafa, the returning Andy Murray, what he will do. Uh, what Chilich, Chilich going to figure out a way to actually win another one of these things? Uh, and, again, all those young guys, Tsitsipas and Zverev and Borna. And yeah, I, I'm just uh, – i I'm equally interested, I'd say, in the ATP tour. Oh, that's such tour a than diplomatic answer.
0: My, um... Well, I
1: don't – and I don't – as you know, I don't mean to be diplomatic. Yeah, <laughs> I right. I feel
0: that way. It doesn't become you. <laughs> um, Wait, well, you, you want a uh... – here here if I had to write if Jamie Lasanti here held a gun to my yep. head and made me write a think piece on tennis. One thing I we, we always talk about what's going to happen after these great generations and what's the NBA going to look like when Jordan retires and what's men's tennis going to look like when there's no Federer, Nadal, Djokovic and you've got to try and sell, you know, Rublev against Zverev, don't mean to pick on them. I I feel like the WTA very sneakily You know, Maria, who knows what the status of her career is. Serena's 37 years old and still competing, but hasn't won a major now in, you know, whatever it's been almost two years. And I think women's tennis has really done a nice job transitioning to this new generation. And they haven't lost a lot of, there are a lot of storylines and there are a lot of players. You're curious about how they'll play and there's getting to be more consistency. Um, I think, the WTA has done a very nice job of transitioning from this Serena generation to a new one. Um, I agree with you. The men's and I is also, less so.
1: well, again, the, the guys haven't won majors yet. Right. I mean, what do we have? The last eight majors have on the, on the women's side have been won by eight different players. Eight
0: different players. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's, <laughs> if, if that starts happening on, on the men's side, that, I mean, they try hard, the ATV, God knows they bend over backwards, next gen and new rules. And, they 've been doing this for a while, you know, right. new balls, please. that campaign has been going on for a long while, but that that bunch of guys didn't come through um, the way that a lot of us thought you know when a, and I'm speaking of the off injured Shakori and dimitrov and and all those guys right, um, right. so i th- I think uh, the w j is helped by the fact that They've got their young, the young players have stepped up, whether it's, you know, Sloan Stevens uh, or Osaka Oshapenko. I mean, these, they, they're, they went legit. Yeah. So that's it. That's an easy thing to, to praise and, and to, to reward with fame and fortune and, and a lot of publicity. By the way, John, yeah. I, I was lucky enough to be a part of Billie Jean King's 75th birthday celebration. I no,
0: I was away. Yeah, how was it that? Was, oh it was, man, it was <laughs> at
1: the New York Historical Society. It was the best uh, night you could possibly imagine. And Maria Sharapova gave a speech that was so funny and so touching. Uh, I gotta give her a big shout out. I oh, that's great. Um, she. She brought the house down. She was terrific.
0: Wait, I was so disappointed. I was in, um, I was overseas and had to, I could, I couldn't make it. Tell me more about it. This, this, uh, uh,
1: we, we want was, to go find the
0: YouTube videos.
1: There was a uh, so uh, my friend Helen Russell, who you also oh, sure, know, sure, sure. Uh, she archived a bunch of seventy-five of Billie Jean's, you know, greatest photos, and they were up and down the halls of the New York Historical Society, which I'm ashamed to say I'd never been to before, and the nights. Uh, the night—I mean, it just—it just kept coming. It was there were so many people there. Uh, when when you got Tony Bennett in the stands apl- in the, <laughs> applauding, <laughs> um, he was a guest. I mean, he was you know, and and so Emma Stone uh, sang. Uh, um, who of Kate Clinton, the comedian, was gave an incredibly funny set. Um, uh, True Colors, a woman who's I'm blanking on her name. She was unbelievable. Uh, it, it was just uh, Maria was Sharapova just one, gave
0: a, a. All right, we got to find that. Uh,
1: yeah, I. Uh, the tennis players who spoke included Alana Claus for a long time partner John McEnroe, who was <laughs> who gave a classic John McEnroe speech that was veering off course and I was then say, bring br- it back in. <laughs> Brief and to the point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maria was dazzling maria was dazzling um oh, man. anyway there was nonstop entertainment and laughter and love and uh dancing afterwards and drinks and food uh, it was a wonderful it was a wonderful event that's all there is to it
0: american treasure seventy five years yeah. old Wow, seventy five um we 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 should have uh I, I, it
1: was great I, I, I there were cameras there Sarah Bareilles sang that's right Cindy Cindy uh, Lauper uh, sang. Cindy Lauper and it was just wow. Cindy Lauper sang a couple of times she was extraordinary um, and then on the dance floor all of a sudden the music turned to girls just want to have fun and there is Cindy Lauper dancing to herself
0: to her own song with
1: Billie Jean King and the rest of us it was it was quite a thing oh man
0: um yeah I did not know that see you yeah made, um Wow. <clears throat> and now I'm just rubbing it in. No, yeah, seriously. Um all right, you want you want more tennis questions or no? Oh, please, yeah. Osaka or Sloane Stevens. Who finishes ranked higher in twenty nineteen?
1: Um hmm. That's a bit of a jump ball for me, but I am going to say it's gonna be Sloan. I'm giving Sloan a, a a slight edge. Um yeah but it's I, I anticipate that they'll both be we're, we're gonna be talk we're gonna they're gonna create an awful lot of stories for us both of them and may I say that I truly hope in 2019 arena Sabalenka, arena
0: we love her, warrior
1: right? arena warrior princess comes big at a major I mean the one of the best matches of 2018 that I saw
0: best match of the open the, yep yep.
1: Right, yep. Sabalenka playing slow. Right, I mean that was uh, uh, No, no, Osaka. Uh, Osaka I
0: yeah, it was. Uh, yeah,
1: Sabo- That yeah. was the match. That was the Sabalenka Osaka. To me, what, I'm thinking, oh boy, do this again, do this again, uh, uh, ten times next year. Right,
0: and and just and she, keep giving us it. Yeah, and, and played her. Uh, that was that was the one set Osaka dropped the whole tournament.
1: Exactly, and Sabalenka again, like the young guys, big, strong. Powerful, bold, ambitious. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer I'm in
0: you, it. W- women's tennis. A sneaky, strong transition. Doesn't mean and no, <laughs> nobody's burying Serena. Nobody's writing off the chances that she may win another major or two. But uh, if she's not in the draw, draw you're still watching women's tennis. That's, uh, yeah,
1: that's oh, my point. Uh, without yeah. question. But, uh, again, she wasn't at the Australian Open this year. Right. And I thought it, the women's event was, was tremendous.
0: As long as we're uh there's there's you know, we're still six six weeks away, but there's no more tennis to be played before then for all intents. Who's uh was and Roger are your defending champions? Djokovic obviously has a nice track record in Melbourne. Who's who's winning this thing?
1: Uh I can't go against Novak. Right. Not not after the last half a year that he threw down. I mean, as as Roger's form was was degrading a bit as this, as the year went on. Uh, Novak was just getting better, and of course Roger can win more majors, and I hope he does. Um, but it was odd to see uh, Roger up two sets and and then a match point in the third at Wimbledon and lose that. It was strange to see him go out in the fourth round of the U.S. Open, although the weather conditions there were absolutely atrocious. Um, I'm just not you know, it's sort of like when with Serena getting to two major finals and not winning one of them. If she's in the final, I'm assuming you know she's the one. To, she's the one who's going to win.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, only, only two players on the women's side got to the finals of two majors, and Serena was one of them. But yeah, um,
1: exactly. Right, and and yeah, so that's that's some comeback.
0: But do you, you want to hear it'll, my? It'll uh, be interesting. You yeah. want to hear my gossip? What do you got? So I, you know, I have I have these these moles. What one of them told me that Nadal? <laughs> they just saw Nadal playing craps at a casino in the Bahamas with a baseball cap on. He didn't. Very low stakes. Didn't really understand the game. No one at the table knew who he was, and the dealer was getting pissed off at him. The other, okay. uh, the, the, the other, the other reader okay. account I heard was that on on Thanksgiving, and I was reminded that Jehovah Witnesses don't celebrate uh, holidays. But on Thanksgiving, okay. Serena was in Florida, practicing very hard, hard practice with her father, fetching balls on the back of the court like uh, like it was the 1990s. All over again, I, but uh, Serena playing on Thanksgiving—may or wow, may He'll Read into that go. what you will. Um,
1: I I like both stories. Uh, I'm I'm still uh, shaking my head a little bit over the Nadal story
0: in the Bahamas, no um, less, which is strange. Yeah,
1: that doesn't—it doesn't sound like he really le- needs to leave Majorca. Uh, uh, yeah, right. To relax. It,
0: <laughs> there's an I, island I, nation. I'm, no?
1: I'm not sure about that one. I'm, I, I'm gonna. I'm I'm not. I, convinced- I
0: trust my source. But uh no, you're uh, right. I, I think he's he's got the uh the island nation category. He's pretty well sewn that up. But uh but my question was <laughs> leading you to Wozniacki our defending women's champion. Holop, of course, played valiantly in the final and will go in, I suspect as the top seed. Um uh, coach coachlessly though. Yeah, that's an interesting didn't one. see that one coming. Did didn't Didn't see right? that one coming. Yeah. Um Yeah. I, I think
1: I look I'm delighted that Caroline Wozniacki won a major. Um, I do. I think she's going to defend that title, especially with the news that she's got what sounds like a fairly crippling form of arthritis. Yeah. I think that's going to be hard for her. I think it's going to be real hard for her. And and it's not for me to say, but my I judge that maybe her priorities are starting to shift a little bit. You know, um, you know, she's uh, she seems very much in love, and right. Uh, I I I don't know. May I? As I say, I've got i'll be the first to admit if i'm wrong if if Wozniacki wins her second major in australia but i think that's not who i would pick
0: who would you put pick it that way who would you pick
1: um who would i pick um well i, I heard this one woman's been practicing even on Thanksgiving day
0: might her father <laughs> have been in the back
1: row <laughs> no um I, I obviously anytime Serena enters a draw i'm gonna watch and see where she goes right um and Hallop obviously is uh, as good a clay court player as she is she's still a tremendous threat on hard courts and i'd love to see again i'm hoping that uh, arena warrior princess does something special in in melbourne uh there's a play i mean why
0: can't osaka no, We've i was seen gonna it. say what about our she's, previous major I, winner naomi I, osaka I,
1: and who who also, she's won a couple of big hardcore titles. So, yeah, I would throw her in there for sure.
0: At the Grand uh, Slam of the Asia-Pacific, I'll have you know.
1: Correct. Um, correct. Can I tell you something, John? I'm going to be at the, in Tokyo for the 2020 Olympic Games, and my guess, right, I've been trying to get NBC to allow me to do a bunch of tennis stories because it could be the final Olympics for so many of the people we've yep, been talking about. Yes. And I got to assume Naomi Osaka is going to have one of the highest profiles of any Olympian in Tokyo, correct?
0: I'll tell you a funny story, but no, absolutely. And I I don't know how much—I mean, I I don't know if people have a grasp here of what sort of position she's in and what sort of—I don't know if it's a unique set of pressure, but uh, she has a level of notoriety in Japan that that most American athletes— Right, can't can't relate to, and that's it. so. I heard um, earlier this summer. I heard um, I was in Japan. I don't know, but last year in in twenty, yeah, I guess twenty seventeen for for a piece on this uh, baseball player, for Shohei Otani, who now plays for uh, for the Angels, and and the Japanese press there said that they've got this Olympics, and the facilities are going to be great. And the country's really going to support it, and there's commercial support. And the only problem is there are no Japanese athletes. And the oh, most oh, popular man. male athlete is a baseball player who's going to play in the major leagues, and he's not going to be able to obviously play play baseball during the games. And there are no Japanese athletes that this country can uh, attach themselves to. He what wrote me back after the. He wrote <laughs> me back after the U.S. Open, and he said, "You know, we 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 still are looking for a male, but we've got our female Japanese athletes. So she's I she may be the true. face of these Olympics." And... Yeah,
1: I think she, and and by the way, Kane Nishikori is pretty good on hard courts too. Yeah, exactly. I right. I mean, Kane is going to be a big deal there as well. Uh yeah. I, so yeah, I should put Naomi I, I I I buried her a little bit when you ask me who I think is a, a favorite to win it in Australia. Yeah. Let me let me bump her up a little bit higher. Uh, and I, uh, Sloan, I mean, I look I, I you're right when you say that the WC there are so many rich storylines about the veterans, about the newcomers, about the proven ones, about the unproven
0: ones. Oh, Ash, Ash Barty is, I mean, I, you, there, there are Ash, a lot of sort of a sub-stories party. too. Ash Barty. The, um, <laughs> h- how are you, as long as you brought it up, h- how are you, A, with Olympic tennis, and B, with the ITF essentially saying uh, Davis Cup and Fed Cup participation is a, conti- a condition for, for playing?
1: I resent the fact that the ITA uses it as a carrot, you know, that you've got to, that you've got to right. represent your country. I mean, and it's something Caroline Wozniacki said years ago that always stayed with me. She's because she was getting aggravated, I guess that, uh, she had to play a certain amount of fed cups to play in the, in the Olympic games. And she said, every time I walk out on the court, I represent my country. <laughs> every, every Caroline Wozniacki is from Denmark. She's representing, um, and I agree with that. Of course, that is, you know, the, you have to play a you have to play for your country a certain amount of times in the Olympic cycle, and that is, frankly, if the ITF loses that kind of power, then you know, I don't think Serena or Venus or a whole bunch of players would ever, would ever bother playing Fed Cup or Davis Cup again. And my, right. my assumption is that there's going to be wild cards thrown around. If someone like Roger Federer doesn't play for Switzerland in Davis Cup before... Tokyo. I mean, there's, they, I got to assume that, that the, the governing bodies, uh, understand <laughs> that this will be the final Olympics for so many of the, so many of the veteran players. It's, How do you I, deny them that?
0: I, I would say as a general business model, as, as people, uh, who are cable subscribers, as the dwindling number of cable subscribers can attest, making mm. people do, th- maybe people buy things that they don't necessarily want. <laughs> Not a great long-term strategy. This is like, uh, you know, you you can have playoff tickets, but you've got to buy the season package and go to the game against the Milwaukee Bucks before you're eligible. I'm not sure uh, forcing people. And um, and, and
1: just to uh, to belabor that point a little bit, it's why so many people, I don't know if this is what they do in the other countries, but uh, Fed Cup, Davis Cup in the U.S., you've got to buy the whole three days, right? You've got to buy the full package, even though... You might not be able to use it, and yeah, I exactly. think that causes
0: that causes a lot of resentment. Um, all right, we uh, this is great. We we said we were going to have a free free ranging conversation. We've done just that, <laughs> but we have this. We have all these requests for uh, sort of career day advice. And I remember, okay, I think the first time we ever did one of these, you, you spoke uh, eloquently in some length about how you how you got started. But why don't we let's talk about present day? Okay, how, how do you? I don't mean. The, the trite question is, how do you prepare? But what's, I don't know, what are sort of your gu- guiding principles as, as a journalist, as a commentator? What what do you try to do to differentiate yourself? Maybe I'll ask it that way.
1: Um, guiding principles, for me, I want to be a very good storyteller. Um, first and foremost, I want people who are watching whatever event I'm covering to care about the people who are on the playing field. Um, so, journalistically, yeah, I I... I believe you've got to be well-sourced, be well-informed, and only then can you throw out an opinion. Uh, and you have to, when you get it wrong, you admit it. I, 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 during telecasts, if I screw up a date or a play or whatever, I, I'll always say, oh, boy, unforced error. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's important to do that. Um, and, I, I, you know, I've gotten to the stage. I've covered so many things now for so many years, for so many different networks that at this stage of my pointy headed career, I want very much to say yes to things. I really, I really want to do. I, I'm, I, I love covering the Olympics and the French open and the dog shows for NBC. (laughs) I love real sports with Brian Gumbel on HBO. I love our tennis channel work and you make it very, very special for me and everybody else. Um, You know, I, I, I like bouncing around. I like, I like being able to go from sport to sport, pitching ideas for different stories and, and trying to figure out a way to, to tell a good story and to tell the truth. So those are I guess those are my guiding principles. Uh, you know, I like, I like saying yes to, to, uh, to a pitch, to an idea. If it's got teeth, you know, especially if it's got fangs. Um, I like saying yes. I like doing profiles. I like, I like, People giving a rip about what happens when, you know,
0: when the contest is over. I always quote you, and I don't appropriate, I quote you, I, I cite you. The The athlete's heart yes. is uh, is an admirable one. And you strip away all the bullshit and all the, the PR and the agents and the commitments, and you get to the essence of competition, and, and the yes. athlete's heart is one to behold.
1: I love the athletic horse the I, that's athletic why court. when people people when people talk about oh god dumb jocks how do you how do you stand that you know how do you uh,
0: no, how do you, I'm, I'm you know how do you, you deal
1: with that i my feeling is that the resilience um the ability for so many great athletes that that we get to cover uh the fact that they can reset after some you know Devastating loss, or some real setback, or some injury—that is—that will never stop uh, impressing me and and making me try, me try to be a better person.
0: I love here. I just um I'll give you a quick uh, self-indulgent story. But I just I had a UFC fighter come by my office yesterday, and people said, "Oh my God, how could you watch that horrible sport?" I said, look, th- think what you will of the sport, and I—it's I, some of it is indefensible. But just you're getting into a cage with another person who is trying to, you know, divorce you from your consciousness. Yeah. How is that? You like to tell stories. You like to see bodies in competition and the virtues of an individual sport as as a sport to write about and as a sport to tell stories about. How do you yeah. get more dramatic than that? I mean, you can, you can be a poor, you know, you, what, what they're actually doing, you can find abhorrent and you can still really marvel at the athlete that goes in there and competes like that. Anyway. Um, let me ask you, a, let me ask you a similar question, which is, uh, okay. when, when you cover, I, I think, I don't think it's unique to tennis, but I think it's maybe especially pronounced in tennis. These, you, you sort of have to pick your battle sometimes. And it's a, close community it's a community that i think collectively probably has some fairly thin skin how do you how do you pick battles how do how do you figure out when to uh when to criticize and when to hold back and when you know if you praise player x you're going to hear it from player y and when you suggest <laughs> when you suggest a player get a coach you may run into them in the hallway 5 minutes later and they may confront you about that how do, how do you pick your battles
1: welcome to my life and yours I um, my what I bank on what I count on is uh, a reputation that I've tried to earn over the years I mean I'd, I'd like I'd like to think that you know it, it goes back to being consistent you know and I got you know you you treat things with with gravity and with weight and you hold people's feet to the fire I mean I've been you know, I, I yes, I can be very critical, and it's because I genuinely feel that I, I, it's one of my roles is to be a caretaker of this game, uh, a guardian of it. Right. And so when I see things that I truly feel are wrong, uh, when, I, when I, you know, when I, when I get into arguments with producers or executive producers, why aren't we covering this? Why aren't we covering it right? Why aren't we covering it more? Why are we, you know, why, why, I, I, I get very, and you have seen this firsthand many times. I get very emotional. I, I get very passionate about, about trying to, to cover all the stories and to get it right. And, you know, it's, it's a battle. I, I, I think I have more battles with the networks um, (laughs) that are paying me than I do with the people I'm, um criticizing sometimes uh which is which is no fun but i think i think it's a really good point though
0: no but i think i think people recognize that it comes from a place of investment of emotional investment yes we're we're all sort of tennis patriots in our way and no one's doing it to thumb their nose at serena williams or take down the australian open but it comes from a genuine place of wanting what's best for this crazy country and,
1: and 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 again, like I've been in plenty of dog houses over the years. And then again, I count on the fact that whoever thinks I've been unfair comes to see that I'm consistent, that I'm, I truly believe what I say. And, and I'm not just picking on their player or their agent or their coach or whomever, their association. I'm not just going after the ITF or the ATP or the WTA or the USDA, or I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my role um, as uh, as an announcer, right. a commentator, a, a, a journalist, I'm taking it seriously. I, I, I I'm sure you, this happens to you too. I I come I walk away sometimes, sometimes, especially in tennis, which is the one sport I'm the only sport I'm fluent in, and the one sport I care the most about. When I see things that I think are dead wrong, like oh my God, I can't believe they're going after the money grab, or I can't right. believe right. this is another stupid turf war. I can't, you yeah. know, I I don't sleep that night, you know, I, and I, it bothers me, and it, that's the kind of stuff that um, do I pick my battles? I guess I guess you have to temper them sometimes, <laughs> um, and maybe I'm still learning how to get that part right.
0: One of the great ironies to me, I don't know if you have the same experience, is often often it's the athletes who are most understanding and most forgiving and most. Uh, Sort of open-minded. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of times oh, yeah. it's it's the agents that stay pissed off for years, and the athletes, eh, they're doing their job. And <laughs> I, yeah. I
1: love it when it. I love it when an agent says to me, "Boy, oh boy, you have really got him angry. You have, and 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 he can't believe you said that. And and I will say, I I play this one all the. I'll say, oh really? Give me his number. I'll call him myself. Yeah, exactly. And expect, right. right. And, and they, and they, you know, they, a lot of times the player has no idea. They don't watch, they don't, they're not
0: listening to. Oh, I gave Mary Krill a piece of my mind. I did. You did? <laughs> oh. Yeah,
1: I, It doesn't happen much, yeah. you know, it, it really doesn't. So navigating through all of that and trying to keep your, um, keep your own sense of, of self and your own, your own way of thinking is that stuff is, that stuff is tricky, but it's also very, very important. You know, what, everything counts. Everything matters. Um, I've been telling this to my kids since they were, since they could understand what I was saying. And, and so to neglect, to, to let story slide or, uh, let, you know, right.
0: consistency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: You got to You got to People have to know where you stand.
0: So here, here's my, uh, here's my Nishikori fleet footwork. Here's here's my transition okay. to uh to to wrap this up. You were great as okay. always, predictably. But in in yeah. a in a similar vein, let me ask you this: in this okay. strange moment we're living right now, where you, you turn on the TV and there's you know whatever tear gassing at the borders and uh, p- pick your pick your issue, C- kids in cages. Um. Do, do sports, are, are sports diversion or do they seem more trivial than ever? I mean, can can you muster passion and outrage and elation for guys hitting tennis balls over the net uh, given this political climate? Or or in some ways is sports reassuring in a, a safe place where you can appreciate Roger Federer without worrying about, uh, you know, journalists being killed or p- pick your pick your issue to jure?
1: Uh, a long time ago, I... I read a story about uh, a journalist who had gone over, I think, to Vietnam. It was, as I said, this was a real long time ago. It might have been Korea. I, I have it in my head that he was reporting from Vietnam, and the only thing that could stabilize and normalize the the, the men he was interviewing was when they would ask him, you know, so how many the Yankees looking this year? <laughs> right, you know, right. what's, what's going to happen with it? And I just... I, it struck me, um, even now as I'm telling you those words, John, it, it's making me smile that sports can matter most to, uh, uh, when it seems like maybe it should be marginalized. Um, because, again, and I go back to the athletic heart um, the way it beats, the way the, the commitment, the dedication, uh, especially when there's when you see the Croatians playing the French and the place is packed and it's, and Yannick Noah is crying, just listening to the Marseille. Like like it is transformative. What sports can do, even in this God awful climate uh, that we're living in, this preposterous administration that we're, that we're living under with, with all the God awful things that are happening in the world. um, I just keep remembering that those guys in Vietnam wanted to know what the scores were, you know, what that's
0: the, great. who's, who's
1: going to be pitching for the, you know, who's the I, that's the kind of stuff <laughs> I guess I need to hold on to when, when things around me get a little bit uh, too soul deadening.
0: I, I always say that you and I were there together, 2017 Australian Open, this, the same weekend of Muslim bands and this, Oh yeah! absolute chaos visited upon us. You've got Venus Serena, Roger Rafa, and that's, that's right. The, uh, Oh my God. The most that's civil. Exactly right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and
1: we, t- and we talked about it. It was such a relief. It was such a break, um, from, from all the bad news. It was like, Oh yeah, this, this is, this is possible still. This is happening too. And, and comp- um,
0: competition without polarization that you can. Exactly.
1: Yeah, hug
0: exactly the guy, hug, right. hug, 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 hug your opponent when you're done. All right. Um, this was fantastic, predictably. I always, always love talking always. to you, John. Likewise.
1: And I will see you in Melbourne.
0: I was going to say, next time I see you, we will be uh, in another hemisphere.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll but, buy you uh, a beer.
0: Thanks. You'll tell me all the deep, dark secrets <laughs> off the record about whiskey, best in show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the whip, it wins. Absolutely. Whiskey
0: needs a coach, like Simona Holop. Um, all right. <laughs> Happy holidays, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Back to you. We'll do it soon. All right. All right.
2: Thanks, right. man. Bye, Jamie. Thanks for listening to the podcast. (laughs) I'm a loyal listener. It's so great to hear Thanks. Bye.
0: All right. That does it for this week. Thanks to our guest, Mary Carrillo. Thanks to the many of you who said you need to get Mary back. It's been a while. Uh, it had been a while, not a crazy while, but it had been, uh, almost a year. So nice to get Mary back on the podcast. Uh, Jamie Lasanti, we thank you for your production expertise and sorcery as always. Um, you were you were here for that, uh, what did we say freeform. We were here for that. Uh, it was like nice a
2: freeform g- grab bag. Uh, podcast. It's a grab bag. It nice.
0: uh, it pinballed a little bit, but that's okay.
2: No, it's good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that Mary is a podcast mm-hmm. listener. Yeah, I
0: know who who uh, I I didn't know what she was talking about. She said Jimmy Arias, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, Jimmy doesn't work for Tennis Channel. You I completely don't, I like, what did forgot I mean?
2: that he was a guest on the podcast. He was a
0: great guest, uh, and and Mary was as well. Um, I don't know what what uh, I'm always interested. Just for your perspective, as someone who's late to the tennis party, but now you're in the middle of the dance floor. How do you like that? In, yeah, that's good. Do you like that imagery? Um, <laughs> what I, I'm always curious, sort of what it's, it's my standard setup question, but I'm genuinely curious as someone who comes at this from a, a different perspective. What what strikes you? What?
2: Uh, well, this was a grab bag, so there's a few things. Uh, at the end, I really like just hearing about her entry into. Her world how she approaches it i think with anyone um that kind of is at the top of their industry it's really interesting to hear about how they approach it and kind of how they've overcome certain things and like you said uh in the beginning when we first had her on she really talked mostly about how she got into what she does now um but i i'm on the same page as her as i like how she loves to bounce around from different sports and she goes from dog shows to covering the olympics to tennis and i think That's a really cool niche, but tennis-wise, I think I'm interested about what she said about Caroline Wozniacki. Actually, Um, it was a kind of a very slipped-in there comment, but she said something. You know, it's not her place to say, but she thinks that maybe
0: Mary said it's not her place to say. Just to be clear, you're not condemning Mary. No, 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 no. I'm saying
2: that she, she, you know, she said kind of offhand that you know maybe she's nearing her end of of tennis or her kind of her priorities are switching, which. I thought it was interesting. Um, Wozakie made the announcement about her rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis, and right. kind of didn't seem very talked about. Was, I thought it was kind of remarkable because I know how debilitating that can be. So I think it will be an interesting thing to see. Uh, you know, if she can defend, but just not only excel in 2019 and what happens thereafter. You know, she's going to get married, I think, in 2019 or soon. Um, so I don't know. I, I thought that was an interesting uh, side note. We haven't really talked about her a lot. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: I I think that's a good point. I think rheumatoid arthritis is not something that we have necessarily a lot of uh, familiarity right. with, especially as it pertains to twenty-eight-year-old athletes. Right. And then, strangely enough, she actually I think had some nice results after that announcement. Um, I I agree that sort of slipped between the cracks a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, fa- fall tennis, as Mary talked about, is sort of a strange entity.
2: Yeah, that was in the itself. other thing I appreciated. Um, you know, she's very candid to say that her focus and interest from the sport shifts a little bit in the fall, which I think is is it's, nice it's really to hear. Weird. And yeah, I think it's I think it's good for someone um, you know, I kind of feel weird saying that because as you said, come in a little late and but for someone like her who's been involved for so long to hear her say that, I feel like it's a little refreshing and and nice to know that you know the fall season gets the best of all of us maybe. So
0: yeah, I think being a tennis fan is also a little like being a tennis player that nobody's playing ten straight months. Right. Absolutely all out. Mm-hmm. And you take a few weeks off there. If you're Federer, you quite justifiably take off the entire clay season. The doll tends to shut it down in the fall. You see players go sometimes four or five weeks without entering an event. You lose early in Wimbledon and you've suddenly got twenty three days or whatever it is built into your schedule. And I think it's the same for tennis followers, even someone who follows it as passionately as Barry does, there are certain times of the year where you're following it more intensely. It's it's not like a team sport with a schedule in that respect. The fall is always strange to me, just the sense that you've, you've played the fourth major, right? So what everyone's trying to peak their season to to achieve, that's that's already passed. You're playing, and some of it is just logistics and time zones. And as a fan of the United States, sometimes it's hard to follow the results from Asia. But... Um, You're also playing on a surface on which they hold no majors. So I I always thought that's a little bit strange. How pump can you get for indoor tennis when the sort of tennis gods have told you it's not particularly – it's not important enough a surface to hold hold a major event. And then you have these year-end soirees, which are great, but it's only eight players and – you know, some some of the players are really limping to the finish line. Del Potro didn't play London. Nadal didn't play London. Right. So
2: it's like how Serena
0: didn't play uh, Singapore. So yeah. yeah, it's like... It's how, a
2: remarkable how much it achievement. Played. But how how much are we taking exactly? Speaking of Suarez, Billie we Jean got. King's birthday party yeah, sounded amazing. I totally, uh, you you know, didn't it's go. Funny. I know. I was in. <laughs> I
0: was uh, overseas working. I was doing what Mary does and doing a uh, some non tennis, some non sports work in in Europe. And I real I saw it on my calendar, and I'm like, oh no. And I think Billie Jean, she just turned seventy five Sunday, so this was you know ten days or so in advance. I didn't realize. Uh,
2: it sounded awesome. Star-studded and, gala, yeah, and very interesting about. Cover that? Yeah, Maria Sharapova, another person who twenty nineteen should be an interesting year for mm-hmm. her. I thought that was really interesting to hear from Mary that uh, I would have. I, I want to go. I'm going to go search see if I can find that video of I, her. It's funny Probably too because I, I was
0: it, thinking too. Maybe maybe I've missed something somewhere that. Shouldn't you know It sh- should be coming to me and isn't. But I can't recall Maria Sharpova and Billie Jean King necessarily having such a close relationship. I mean, Billie Jean King was a Fed Cup captain, and she's known the Williams sisters forever, and they, they've played charity events, and obviously uh, they've been tied to USTA events and American tennis. I, I can't quite recall a lot of Billie Jean King and Maria Sharpova overlap. I don't know. Maybe she played some world team tennis once upon a time. But um, that was interesting. That was interesting to hear, and I do agree with your. Pre- I mean, I think this is really sort of a make or break year for Maria Sharapova. Right, and um,
2: she's just on know. the cover of Entrepreneur magazine. I'll is that have right? You know. yeah.
0: Um, I did not know that. <laughs> That's which uh,
2: she, she built a business empire thanks to her winning team.
0: All right, uh, <laughs> we will, we will, uh, we will grant her that. No, Maria Sharapova has always been very savvy. I don't know if you when, when you were at Wimbledon a few years ago. I don't know if they had a, a Sugar Pova store.
2: It's all over the place. But all over she, the airports. No, no, but, but
0: at Wimbledon, I mean, literally, it's a pop-up store for the duration of the tournament. Right. And you're thinking like, that's kind of a great idea. I wonder why more players uh, haven't done that. It's a, it's a bit of enterprise, we, we will overlook the fact that you probably shouldn't be selling uh, such unhealthy treats. But um, <laughs> that's that's my village. She needs. To, she's very scold. healthy
2: though. She needs to make. I'm gonna. We're gonna send a notice out to her right now. A PSA: She needs to make some sugar-free, healthy delicious gummies that I'm, oh, geez. gummies
0: yeah. um she needs edibles no at least at least she doesn't have a family history of diabetes oh i just went there um <laughs> but uh no but but back to your point she, she is very enterprising and i think um when she is through with tennis whenever that is it'll be interesting to see what she does she's not going to be uh you know g- giving tennis lessons mm-hmm. at the club um what else should we uh what, what else should we wrap with um strange time of the year for for tennis did you watch any davis cup action over the weekend
2: i didn't i was you know holiday weekend you know i had a you had a, a fun ride race, run. race you had a, on you had sunday a race congratulations on finishing uh, so, that. so thank you
0: I, I suppose this was predictable but everyone self included lobbied and rallied for change and this davis cup is unwieldy and no one follows it and Four weeks out of the year, erratically spaced, playing best of five tennis is completely out of step with the times. And as directed, the head of the ITF blows this thing up and we're going to put a new proposal on the table. It's going to be condensed. It's best of three sets. We're going to compress this into one week. It's going to be in one central location so everyone can buy tickets ahead of time and the sponsors can come knowing where it is. And it's sort of addressed the various and sundry concerns people had with old Davis Cup, and now we're all become very nostalgic. And I don't know if you saw some of the tweets or as Mary referenced, heard some of the some quotes from the French team with, mind you, is a team that lost right. saying uh <clears throat> you know, I've played in the last Davis Cup because what's coming next isn't can no longer be considered Davis Cup, and we had a number of former players saying it's what a pity no one can experience this. Uh we've suddenly become very nostalgic. Uh to me, it's really about whether this financing is the financing they say it is, because you hear two very different stories. And if this is uh, the, the billions and billions of dollars that were bandied about, that's great, and I think you can do a lot, not just in terms of inducing the players with uh, with big fat checks, but also with marketing and promotion. I've also heard c- figures that say that is wildly exaggerated, right. and it's more like fifty million dollars, which uh, would not necessarily.
2: So you think make changes. you think that if the money's not there, the player interest and participation is not going to be there?
0: Yeah, but I also think, what else do you do with that money, right? You promote it and you use it for corporate sponsors and you use it for events and hospitality and you make it into a thing. If that money isn't there, um, it's it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting first few years. And I also think we still haven't figured out this date on the calendar. And the ITF from the very start has sort of let it be known. I don't know if they publicly said this, but certainly there have been whispers that this November date is a placeholder and they're really trying to get a September date. Ironically enough, the September date targeted is the one that coincides and corresponds with Roger Federer's labor cup. I'm not sure, you know, you you what's, what's the word from the wire? What's the line? You, you pick a fight with a king and you best not lose. Yeah. I'm not sure the smartest strategy is to go after... Uh, and there's not King, many
2: open weekends in that September.
0: No, and remember, it's it's after the U.S. Open, Right, like so it's that's... not a
2: very when when that was put on the calendar to begin with. We all were kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's going to work, but I guess now that has sort of proven right. Its and format and, Cup is, and it's is, is,
0: is perfect in that time, right? Because you're you're coming after the U.S. Open and it's competition, but they're not huge points on the table. They're also it's it's a week that most players otherwise wouldn't play. It's not a Terrifically strong week in terms of the other ATP events. It, it fits really nicely. I think it, it's going to be, be quite a turf war. Yeah,
2: I think it's going to be interesting because Labor Cup was, you know, the be- had the benefit of just being a new thing, you know, and they could kind of do what they want and fashion it how they want. But as you said, everyone was so nostalgic at this point. They they really are really going to be competing against, like, history, you know, in so many years that's of That's a this. really good point. And yeah. it's, um, you know, that's hard. I mean, I think – uh, nowadays we're split we either like really love the new stuff and the new technology or like everything is about nostalgia and the old school stuff and you see all these things coming back uh you know they're just getting slightly revamped but every, everyone likes the old school so you
0: mean uh and you i suspect you are not just referring to sports
2: no no i mean you like look at
0: every hollywood reboot is right
2: uh, that every and hollywood
0: franchise
2: everything's coming i mean you can get a, pol- a polaroid camera now like a, right. basically the same old school Polaroids. I mean, everything from the '90s is back in fashion, so
0: vinyl makes its return.
2: Yeah,
0: um, it will be interesting to see because this Davis Cup. You know, we always talk about tennis. We say it's a change resistant, and ooh, you play a tiebreaker. I mean, it's other sports are coming up with all sorts of innovations and three point shots, and tennis in the last you know, century, the the best they can do is at some events you play first uh, first one to seven points, win by two, and that's counts for innovation. Well, this Davis Cup is what. Uh, all the change agents have been lobbying for which is really blow this thing up and now there's there's clearly some backlash so anyway uh i stick with my brexit comparison by the way sounds good on paper but when the rubber meets the road you actually see how this pragmatically uh plays out um it's not quite as attractive but uh anyway that's among the many storylines to follow in 2019 um let's do one or two more of these I don't think we need to do one every week, but let's let's do one or two more before sounds the end of the good. year. Yeah. All right. Uh very good. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, John. If people were uh so inclined, where might they leave a future guest suggestion, such as Mary Carrillo? where might they leave a review? Where might they subscribe?
2: Guest suggestions should go on Twitter. Okay. That's the best place, right? We'll see it. Uh podcasts, wherever they get their podcast from, Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe and they can leave a review there.
0: That sounds simple enough. All right. Nice and easy. Um Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, uh, Mary Carrillo. Thanks to our guest. Thanks for you for demanding we get Mary back on the show. We will have another guest uh, soon, maybe even next week. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week.